seated. Today, we have joy because he has triumphed over death and the grave. Today, we have peace because he's forgiven our sins. Today, we have love because his presence fills our hearts. Today, we have purpose because he walks with us every day. And today, we have hope because he is coming again. Let's pray, church. Lord Jesus, we are so grateful to be in your house. Lord, worshiping you, the risen king. Lord, how grateful we are that we can know that we have salvation and hope in the Lord Jesus because he is risen. And Father, we pray that as we continue in worship this morning, that our hearts would draw near to you, that we would celebrate wholly and fully this morning our risen King and Savior, Lord. I pray that, Lord, as we draw near unto you, Lord, that you would speak to us this morning in power and, God, remind us of the victory that we have in Jesus. This is in Christ's mighty name we pray and all God's people said, Good morning. morning. Happy Easter Sunday to you. He has risen indeed, and we are so thankful for each one of you to be here today. If this is your first time coming, we'd love to get to know you, or if you've been visiting a while, we'd love to get to know you as well. We have set up a couple places for you. We have a digital platform set up. The phone number is 904-441-6900. You can text that word, connect, to that phone number, and it will take you there. And when you're there, you will also scroll down. You will see a place for prayer requests. We would love to pray with you. Even during the week, you have the opportunity to go there and ask for prayer, and we can come alongside of you. Also, you can text the word NEWS to the same phone number, and it will take you there as well. But this time, you will see the actual digital bulletin, the same as the paper bulletin that you have in front of you. Just a couple of things I want to highlight this morning for you. We will be starting a new sermon series called Build the Family. And it will be a series that's going to be a round robin of the pastors at our other campuses that will be coming and we will be rotating with them. And you will be able to have the opportunity not only to hear them and hear their message, but also meet them. And I just pray that you will be a part of that as we go along that series and that sermon series, Build the Family. Also, life groups. We love life groups. And if you haven't joined a life group yet, we encourage you to do that. You say, well, what is a life group? It meets sometimes on Sundays and also sometimes on off-campus. And what it is is a part of being a community of believers, studying God's word together, communi doing community together, to serve together, just to have someone to come along and as well, pray with you if you need prayer and that you can be praying for them as well. Last but not least, we are going to be showing a video in just a minute. Lydia, if you please come up. Lydia was our leader for Costa Rica, and I'm going to turn this over to you, sweet pea. Good morning, Anastasia. As she said, I'm Lydia Greer, and God gave me the privilege to lead seven warrior women into the ends of the earth in southeastern Costa Rica. Not the place on the beach, but the place in the forest. So we just want to share this video of what happened and what God did while we were there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your generosity. You know, when you give to the Acts 1-8 offering, it allows India to have church buildings. It allows a church plant 
in France, in Buzancé, France. It also allows for women like us from women's ministry and other places to go into the ends of the earth and share the gospel. Thank you for giving and watch the screen. Wow, that was powerful, wasn't it? They went to the um, Bribri tribe um, to share the gospel. That's what missions is all about. That's what our giving is all about. And that's your generosity that made that possible. Um, also an update on Amy, Amy, Amy Armstrong. Um, we're close to $20,000 to go to the North American Mission Board, which will reach people not only here in St. John's County and in Florida, but all over North America. So we thank you for that. We try to make everything a little easier for you to make things possible. We have the offering envelopes now back in the pews for you. We have also put a QR code on those for you that like to use that. You just take your phone, but you could turn your camera on, hold it there, and click on that, and you will go right there. That's just another way that we're trying to reach out. You can also text the word GIVE and put the same phone number, 904-441-6900, and that will take you there as well to do that. Would you please pray with me over our offering this morning? Thank you. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord. We know that you're alive. We know that you've risen. Father, we know that you're in our lives every day. And Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to not only go out in our church, but in our community, into Florida, to all over the world, Father, that 
the generosity of our church and our givers and our members have made it so possible. We just thank you for their hearts, for their love for you. Father, we just thank you again this morning that we can celebrate you. Hallelujah. Amen. This is Jesus, Savior, Redeemer, perfect offering on the cross. All 
All our sins are placed upon him. Oh, the greatness of his love willingly. without him this is Jesus crucified
curtain.
Some of you have your hands all warmed up already because you know what comes next. Not lunch. You get to cross the aisles and you get to greet one another. He is risen. He is risen indeed.
Hallelujah, the tomb is empty. He is risen. Come on, church. Let's make some noise. Let's give praise to Jesus this morning. What hope we celebrate today, what promise we have because Jesus has risen, everything changes for you and me because he is risen. Because he is risen, chains have been broken over sin and death. Because he is risen, we can have forgiveness through Jesus and faith in him. Because he is risen, we can have eternal life in Jesus. Because he is risen, we can experience healing over addiction and loss and grief. Because he is risen, we can know victory in Jesus. Are you with me, church? Because he is risen. It changes everything in our lives for you and me. Today is a day of celebration. It's a day that we come together and we celebrate our risen Savior. And I believe that this morning we have so much to celebrate and to be thankful for because he is risen. Many of us are going to spend the day celebrating today. A lot of us are probably looking forward to that 12 o'clock hour. We're going to go out to lunch. Anybody planning to go out to lunch today? All right, everybody, a few of us. The good news is just you and all of the rest of St. Augustine are planning to go eat lunch at 12 o'clock. I talked to uh, one of the managers at the restaurants, and they're expecting about a three-day wait, all right? So you'll get in sometime. (laughs) How about anybody planning to cook at uh, lunch at home? Anybody got a ham maybe cooking right now? Maybe some macaroni and cheese? Anybody got dessert? Okay, over here. I'm going to their house. Party of four is coming, okay? Well, today is a day that we celebrate our risen Savior, our resurrected Savior. But here's the good news for you and I, friends. Today is not the only day that we should celebrate our risen Savior. Because he is risen, we have new life, we have new victory, we have new hope, we have salvation in Christ, not just today, but every day of our life because he lives. And that's what we're celebrating. It's not just today. It's for all of our days if we are in Christ Jesus. I believe that one of the most detailed passages that describes very very precisely all the reasons we have to celebrate and all the hope and all the victory we have is Romans chapter 6. And so if you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to turn to Romans chapter 6. And we're going to be looking at verse 3. And I love that Paul gives us all the reasons why we have to celebrate because our Savior is risen. If you have your Bibles and you're able to this morning, I want to invite you to please stand in the honor of the reading of God's Word. Uh, If you don't have your Bibles, the words are going to be on the screen. But Paul writes this in verse 3 of chapter 6 of Romans. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united with him, a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like this, his. We know that our old self, make sure you listen to verse 6, we know that our old self has been crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Amen, church? Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. Amen, church? We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Verse 11. 
So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive in Christ Jesus. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated this morning. Paul writes to the church in Rome and he lays out very plainly, very powerfully, the hope that we have because of the resurrection. And so this morning, if you're taking notes or if you're following on the Bible app or if you're at home watching, uh, the reasons that we have to celebrate today, and you can write this down, our first reason is we are risen Savior. Our risen Savior is reason to celebrate. I love that in verse 4 of Romans, he says this, We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism and death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. Today we celebrate that Jesus was not overcome. He was not defeated by sin, death, the crucifixion, or the weight of the world. But Jesus rose victoriously over the grave, paving a way for us to have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. This passage, in fact, tells us that as Christ died, we are to identify with his death. And as Christ lives, we should identify with his life. Uh, just as he is resurrected, that we are being resurrected to new life. It means that our old life, before knowing Christ, before walking in relation, has been crucified to the cross. Our sin, our past, our brokenness has been put to death in our new life, which is in Christ, has been resurrected. And each and every one of us has been brought from death to life in Jesus and his resurrection. I love the way the Gospel of Mark talks about the resurrection of Christ. Mark chapter 16, it says his disciples and those who were looking for him after he'd been crucified some days after. And it says, looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large, and entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. Pay attention, church. But he has risen. He is not there. See the place where he laid him. Can I tell you for those early disciples, for the early church, seeing and understanding that Jesus of Nazareth was risen changed everything for them. What hope they had. What victory they had knowing that their Lord and Savior, the one who had taught them, the one that they had seen perform miracles was no longer captured by sin or the grave, but he had risen again. And what hope it brought to them on that day. It talks about after that that the disciples ran back to tell the others because there was such great joy of good news of the risen Savior. Can I tell you, that joy, that good news, it's not dead. <laughs> it's still alive and well within us, church, today. What hope, what victory we have because our Savior lives. Jesus being risen changes everything for his believers and followers. I don't know how many of you here this morning are early risers. Come on. Anybody early risers? If you're an early riser, it usually means you're early to go to bed, right? <laughs> We're at the 1030 service, so I have a feeling. How many of you are late risers? Okay. All right. Good deal. Okay. All right. Well, if you're a late riser, it means you're late to probably go to bed. If you're a late riser, can I tell you I identify with you, all right? <laughs> you're my people, okay? I, I know you. But a few years back, I had to make a transition in my life from being a late riser to an early riser. And it was painful, y'all. It still is painful. It still hurts. But can I tell you, when I switched to being an early riser for me, it may not be for you, 
everything changed about my life, right? I, I suddenly had time uh, to do some things that I didn't normally get a chance to do. I got to go to the gym. I got to open my Bible up early in the morning and have that time with God. I got to drink my cup of coffee uninterrupted, which was very valuable, right? I, a lot of things changed in my life, and that really set the precedence for the rest of my day. And there are days uh, where I don't get up early, and I go back to my old way, but everything is off when I don't. See, when I made a transition into being an early riser, everything changed. Similarly, I think as we talk about when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, everything changes in our life. Everything changes. We have a new way of hope. We have a new way of living. We have a new way of finding purpose and meaning in our life. Everything changes because he has risen. We can celebrate today that if our life is in Christ, it changes everything. Because Jesus is risen, the immense hope that we have flowing through the Spirit is incomprehensible. Jesus said it best, though. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. Jesus gave a promise of eternity and the fullness of life. And I believe that the fullness of life is not just for eternity. The fullness of life starts today when we begin following him as our Lord and Savior. This is the hope we have. This is the reason that we celebrate, because as Jesus was risen, it changed everything for us. One of the things that it changes in our life, if you're taking notes, the second thing you can write down is one reason we can celebrate is we have new life in Christ. New life in Christ. I love what verse 6 of Romans chapter 6 says. It says, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. I like the understanding and the definition of that word newness there. If you really to break that word down, it's an experience, something not seen or imagined before. To experiencing something not seen or imagined before. I believe that's a pretty accurate description of what it means to walk in the newness of life in Christ Jesus. It's something that we couldn't have imagined. It's something that we couldn't have fathomed. And, and some of you are in here this morning who know what it means to walk with Jesus daily it means that you have a new life that you could have not comprehended prior to knowing Christ. It's a newness of life. Uh, so many conversations that I have with Christian believers and followers in Christ, when they share with me their testimony and what God's been doing in their life, they would say, Sam, not in a million years would I imagine that God had been so faithful to me that I could walk in the newness of life that he has for me. I, I think about a guy I was talking to just a few weeks ago who 20 years ago uh, had a really tough time with alcoholism in his life, and it brought him to a desperately low place. And he was sharing that at uh, one point at his desperately low place, he got on his hands and knees, and he prayed out to God, and he cried out to God, and he accepted him as his Lord and Savior. And he has been sober all that time since, and Christ has radically transformed his life. And he's been living sober. But not only that, now he walks with others who are battling addiction in their life. And when I was talking to him, he said, Sam, at my lowest point, I could have never imagined in a million years that I would be walking with other people through their addiction. That's the newness of life in Christ Jesus. We have another family in our church who 23 years ago decided to start an orphanage in Haiti to care for those who are lost and abandoned. 
And little did they know that today that they would be taking care, feeding, housing, educating, and sharing the truth of the gospel with more than 37 kids in Haiti. Not only that, they have a, a church service that reaches out to the community. They have a school that reaches out to the community. And every time I talk to them, you know what they say? We never would have imagined that God would have given us this opportunity to be his hands and feet. That's what it looks like to walk in the newness of Christ. There's another family in our church who has fostered more than uh, 15 kids in their household. And they have adopted seven of their own. And I love to hear their story because they say, Sam, we never would have imagined that we would have adopted seven of our own or fostered as many. That is a testimony of what it means to walk in the newness of life in Christ. I love what 2 Corinthians, what Paul says in 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Friends, if you're here this morning and you're walking with Christ, boy, we have reason to celebrate that he has given us a new life. He has given us new victory. And some of us needed to be reminded that, that as he has given us new life, we are to walk and to crucify the old self, our old ways, and we are to walk in the way that he has called us to, to live in. And there is so much better. There is abundant life in him and walking with him. Friends, we need to put our hope and faith trust in Jesus and to walking the way that he has shown us and revealed to us. A part of that is understanding that we can celebrate because Jesus has risen the redemption of our past. Jesus has redeemed us from our sin, our past, our present, and our future brokenness. Paul, Paul is telling us here in Romans that uh, we have redemption from our past self for as Christ was being crucified, he was paying fully for the sins of our past, present, and future. You know, I, I know so many people, myself included, sometimes we really struggle that God would truly forgive us. That truly that he would love us enough as we think about our past, the people that we've hurt, the wrong that we've done, how could God forgive us? But we're reminded that as Jesus went to the cross, it says in scripture that he went to the cross while we were still yet sinners. We were still yet broken, yet he went to the cross. He proves his love for us. He reveals his love for us, that he went to the cross on our behalf and he paid fully for our sins so that we might be a redeemed people. Jesus has redeemed us. The sin of the world was completely we don't have to live in a place of wondering if we're forgiven or if God loves us. God has already revealed and shown to us that he does love us. The cross shows us that. His death on the cross shows us that. Sometimes we struggle to imagine that Christ can mend the brokenness in our life. Uh, a couple of months ago, we had a, a, a minor leak in our house, or maybe it was more of a major leak. <laughs> Our upstairs shower began to leak into our downstairs kitchen. And I remember being in our kitchen one day, and I thought, man, that's weird. Our ceiling looks wet. And as I got up there, I realized it was a bigger issue than what I thought, and I had to begin to cut out the drywall. And now there's this giant hole in the ceiling as my, my son would come tell me, Dad, there's a hole in our ceiling. Did you notice? <laughs> I did, son. Thank you. And then we realized that 
we would have to replace the drywall, we'd have to repaint it, we'd have to match the texture, and not only that, we'd have to take out our entire upstairs shower and redo it. And the more that I saw it, the more I looked at it, I thought, our house is never going to be the same, right? <laughs> They're never going to get that whole patch so it looks just perfect, and uh, there's no way that it's going to look better. It's going to be uh, mended back to the way it should be. But surely enough, those who were skilled workers and laborers came in, and they worked, and they repaired, and it was better than new. It wasn't good as new. It was better than new. And it amazed me what they were able to do. And I think similarly, sometimes we look at our life and we think there's no way that Jesus could mend my brokenness. We think that. But can I tell you, can I share that for me, for the people that I hear from, that we are living testimonies of the work that Christ can do within us. He can mend us. He can heal us. He can forgive us. He can redeem us from our past. For that is the God that he is. I love that Romans 6.10 says this, For the death he died, he died to sin once and for all. In other words, Jesus finished it on the cross. Our redemption is complete. It's done. Our healing, it is there. It requires us to put faith and trust in him and allow the work of the cross to move in our life. And I love that Jesus... He's a lot better at forgiving than we are. <laughs> I don't know if you've had friends or maybe a sibling who, who won't let you live down a mistake that you've done in their life, right, or, or, or harm you've caused them. They have a hard time forgetting and forgiving. God doesn't work like that. When he forgives us of our sins, he, is, he is, does a work to forgive us. He separates, as the scripture says, our sin is far from the east to the west. It's just to make the point that when he forgives, he can forgives us completely. And fully. Psalms 103, verses 11 and 12. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is the steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so does he remove our transgressions for us. What does that mean? God has the ability to offer powerful forgiveness in your life. Life-changing forgiveness. See, when you experience the forgiveness of the Savior... Not only will you know forgiveness and redemption in your life, I believe that it will help you and guide you into forgiving others. It will help and guide you in seeking forgiveness. And I even believe that when you know the full forgiveness of Jesus, he helps you to forgive yourself. That's the power of the forgiveness that Jesus offers to us. Fourth thing that you can write down this morning, and the reason that we can celebrate, is the gift of eternal life. Paul makes it very clear in Romans. He says in verse 8, Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. I believe that live is also present here, that we're going to live the fullness of life right here on this earth. But he's also talking that he is preparing a place for you and I in eternity. And it's the gift of salvation. At the very last verse of chapter 6, Paul wants to make it clear. He wants to make sure nobody misses it. He says in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of a God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the last verse of chapter 6. Don't miss it. Don't miss the free gift of salvation that is offered through Christ Jesus by putting faith and trust in him. There's a gift that he has given to us, that he's made available to us by his death on the cross. 
You know, as I think about gifts and I think about this season, I'm often reminded that as we receive gifts, often there's two responses that we will have. One is we will receive the gift with gratitude. And when we receive the gift with gratitude, we honor the giver and we honor the gift. I hope and pray that for you and for me as we come into this holy, this passion week, this really uh, important time in the life of our faith, I pray that we would honor the giver and the gift that he has given us. But sometimes in the busyness of life, sometimes we can take for granted the gifts that have been given to us. I pray for us that as we consider what Jesus did on the cross, all that he gave, his body that was broken, his blood that was shed for us, pray that we wouldn't take it for granted. But then in our hearts, that in our lives we would reflect the worship and honor and praise that he deserves. And I think a lot about um, the gift, and I think about my childhood. Uh, I used to love to go to my grandmother's house, and my grandmother was a keeper. She liked to save anything. Anybody here like to save things? Uh, she was on another level, but she, uh, she had this attic space. It was this big, elaborate attic, and she would keep heirlooms from the family, all kind of vintage things. And one of the things that always blew me away that was in my grandmother's attic was that she held on to presents even after they were given to her. In fact, she had wedding presents that people had given her from a long time ago. She had birthday presents, and she just kept them wrapped up there. And, and I thought, Grandma, that, that is very strange that you want to keep all those presents. And, I, you know, uh, especially as an eight- or nine-year-old, the idea that presents that were unopened was really bothersome to me. And so I said, Grandma, you know, why are you holding on to these presents? She said, well, I like to keep them, that someday I might need a pick-me-up. I might need a reminder of something. And I said, well, Grandma, you don't even know what they gave you. You don't even know what's in that box. And, uh, you know, talking to her about that and those unopened gifts and how much they bothered me. You know, for many of us in here, Christ has offered us a gift. The free gift of knowing him as Lord and Savior and receiving his salvation. I hope and I pray as each and every one of you is in here, you would realize that he has offered a gift to you. And to not receive it is to miss out on the greatest blessing that you can have in this life. And so my prayer for you this morning is that if you're here and you have not personally received the gift of salvation which Jesus has given to you and died and bled on the cross for, that maybe today, Easter 2023, would be an opportunity for you to receive the free gift of salvation that he offers you. In all my life, in all my days, there has been no greater gift that I have received than that of walking in the fullness and the newness of life with Jesus. To know that my sins are forgiven, that my past is forgotten, that I can have peace, that I can have healing, that I can have victory, all because he is risen and he lives. This morning, if you're here and, and you haven't had an opportunity to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, in just a minute I'm going to lead a time of invitation. And during that time of invitation, I'm, I'm going to say a simple prayer. And I'm going to offer that prayer. If you're here this morning and you have never accepted the Lord, I'm going to offer you that you could pray that prayer with me and mean it from your heart. 
and commit to following him all the days of your life. It's very simple. That we confess with our mouths that he is Lord and Savior. That we confess our sins before him and accept him as our Lord and Savior. So if that's you this morning, I pray this morning that you would take a leap of faith. Because I know it's the greatest gift that you will ever receive in your life. Let's pray this morning. Lord Jesus, we love you so much and we want to give you all glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we can celebrate today that you are a risen Savior. And because you are risen, Lord, that we can have new life in you. Lord, I pray for the persons here this morning who's maybe never received that free gift of salvation. May I, Lord, I pray this morning would be the day that they do that. And so, Lord, in the quiet of this moment, with our eyes closed and our heads bowed, Lord, Lord, I pray for the person here this morning who has not received you, that maybe they would just pray this prayer and mean it in their hearts and long for you and commit their life to you, Lord, that they would mean it this morning. They would pray like this in their hearts in the quiet this moment. Dear Lord, I know that I need you. I need you to forgive me, to redeem my past. And Lord, I want to accept you as my Lord and Savior. And I want to follow you all the days of my life. So, Lord, now I receive you as Lord. I pray that you would make me new in the power of your son, Jesus. Amen. You prayed this morning to receive Christ. I would love to just encourage you. I'm going to be up here front at the altar this morning. You come this morning. Find me after service. Don't leave this place if you prayed for the first time. I would love just to encourage you. If you need prayer this morning, this altar is open. If you want to join this church, this is a great church family to get connected into. Wherever the Lord's leading you, you come this morning. Let's stand. Let's worship. I will. I will.
Father, we thank you for the day that you've given to us. We thank you for the opportunity that we have that we can share in this message of free gift from Jesus Christ, of eternal life, life forever in your presence. Father, we pray now that your song will be in our hearts and that we will carry it as we go our separate ways and through our week, Father, may your word be lived out in our lives this week. Now the God of peace make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in your sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.